Hello and welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. So today we're going to be looking at the question of can you see the manna? Now for those familiar with the Old Testament, or the First Testament as I prefer to call it, of the Bible, um, the Israelites were provided manna from heaven, or manna from God, as they were in the desert um, when they had left Egypt. And we're going to read a little bit of Exodus today in chapter 16, and I'm going to read verses 2 through 4 and then 9 through 15. That's just kind of to zone in on the parts that I would like us to focus on. We'll also be looking at a section of scripture from 2 Kings, and we're going to start off the episode with looking at John chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. Now, this section of John comes right after the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Um, it all goes together, but I'm going to focus more on the second part of that story, um, or third part, however you want to look at the movement. And uh, it'll make more sense as we go along, and I will recap some of the highlights from the miracle of the loaves and the fishes to bring us all into rhythm together for those not as familiar with the story. So let's get into it and we'll start reading John chapter 6, starting in verse 24. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you were not looking for me, because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign will you give, uh, give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, whenever we set out on Christian journeys, um, for those that are Christian listening, whether as a child, youth, or adult, we often find ourselves excited for a time, even for much of that time. Um, however, it would seem quite common that at some point we will complain to or about God. 
Grumbling in life is common enough, and I am sure there is something everyone listening uh, has grumbled about in their life. You know, uh, I'm sure you can at least think of something that you have grumbled about before. It is, in a sense, a human nature. These are things that we are grumpy. We have to do things. We are upset that have happened around us. Things we do not want to be involved with or have to do. Take a moment and and think. What is it that comes to your mind as I'm describing this? Um, I'll give you my example. Uh, as of late, I have been given several opportunities, uh, as, and including throughout the the summer, I have lots of things coming up where I'm required to travel. Essentially, I've not had uh, breaks between things as I go. Or will have breaks uh, as I go between semester to semester, internships, conferences, and so on. I have grumbled to my wife and some friends about several of these things, which include being offered opportunities that others have not gotten, or that many will ever even get.、Um, and I'm keeping it vague on purpose, but essentially I've been complaining and grumbling that I have all of this opportunity. Um, now this is mine, and it might seem petty or ungrateful at some point to grumble to God about what path or opportunity has come my way, but that is what we're thinking about to,、uh, in this episode. So when you think of your life, what is it that you are grumbling about? I would encourage you to pause. And write that question down. What is it that I am grumbling about? What is it that I am grumpy that I have to do? And you can keep it small, or you can keep it more grand. Like I'm looking at my entire summer into September at this point. All of these things that I am going to be doing. So go ahead and pause the episode, and we'll continue now. Whatever it is, I want you to try and let it go now that you have thought about it、uh, or written it down. Let it go of it for just a few minutes as we continue into this episode, and we're going to start this、uh, this next section by reading from the Exodus story.、Um, again, the, the which verses and chapters and everything will be in the episode description. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, "If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death." Then the Lord said to Moses, "I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day." In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Then Moses told Aaron, "Say to the entire Israelite community, 'Come before the Lord, for He has heard your grumbling.'" While Aaron was speaking, the whole Israelite community they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, "I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread." Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. 
That evening, quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to Moses, uh, or said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. So now imagine for a moment that you were one of the Israelites in the Exodus. Before this story, you are enslaved in Egypt. You are working harder than you ever wanted. You're being worked in a way that is unhealthy. Your relationships with your captors and supervisors is very poor. Toxic things are being said to you constantly. And God hears your cries of anguish. God knows what is going on and sends someone to essentially escort you from it all. God has, you know, a flair for the dramatic. So God makes sure that those lowering over you know they have to let you go or it will not end favorably. Through many trials, you're able to leave. You walk to the sea, then you're able to walk through it into your freedom. Now you have experienced something you will never, uh, never have before in your life, which is relief, joy, and happiness that you never had before. You're able to engage with your Savior and Creator in a way that you had not either, because you are now free. Fast forward a little bit, and you are now away from Egypt, and are past this honeymoon phase of freedom, so to speak. Your expectations are not met because you have now found that not as bad as being beaten and worked till you couldn't move every day, but you must work for your life in a different way. You don't like change or uncertainty. You want to take it easy after 400 years of enslavement, so you complain. You say you would even take enslavement back for the mindlessness of it. You look at the horrible situation you're in and see that there was one good thing, that you were always fed. And you seem to think that God, who just did all this miraculous stuff, changed the environment, moved to the sea, changed the water, uh, the Nile River, red, um, amongst all these other things, cannot seem to provide for you in any place. You grumble against God, who is also your savior. God being so gracious and caring tells your leaders that God will provide. God hears what it is you are grumbling about, even against God's self, and will still provide. So God does. God makes the quail you like to eat just walk into camp for you to pick up and prepare. No need to hunt or search the desert for them. Imagine if you woke up every day and a flock of chickens had just shown up in your garage or a fresh bundle of produce. I mean, God makes manna, bread, similar to what the Israelites would have eaten uh, with their normal meals, appear around ready to eat every day. And despite all this, despite wanting God to care for them, they look to their leader confused and ask what is going on. So now a question for you to ponder. What is the manna provided in your life? What is it in your life that God has uh, is providing for you? How is God changing your life through God's providence? Hold on to that question now for a moment. Write it down if you'd like, and we'll revisit it in a moment. Now, like I mentioned earlier, it seems to be human nature 
We all have that thing that we are grumbling about in some way, whatever it might be. You know, cars falling apart, the government is rigged, job is dead end, you know, they don't make them like they used to, you know, people will never understand, the city won't do this or that, you know, the list, this goes on, we can always find something to grumble about. However, the thing about God is that there is always something that is being provided to us, something we do not merit on our own. An answer through the spirit, a door opened, an opportunity. I have even seen chickens literally just show up in the yard before. Um, These things, whether a whisper or a shout from the spirit to a literal sign in your face, is a manna from heaven moment. But the next question though is, is do you see it that way? Do you see the manna? In our gospel reading this morning, we see the next part of the story after the loaves and the fishes. A brief recap of that miracle is there are 5,000 men, um, and then there are accompanied women and children who had followed Jesus and his disciples into a hilly country area, and um, they weren't anywhere near a place to get food for everyone, and it came time for a meal, and uh, Jesus... Um, was took and fed all of these people from a child's lunch of about five loaves of bread and two fish. And then after this, Jesus and the disciples moved to the other side of the lake. And that's where the scripture picks up here. The crowd realized that Jesus and the disciples had left, and they went looking for the one who provided feast for them from little more than a, you know, a kid's lunch pail. So the crowds caught up with Jesus and the disciples, and they asked him, Why did you come here? They're grumbling at Jesus that he had left them after providing for them. Jesus turns the question around um, and, and says, You were looking for me because I provided for you. You had all you could eat. Not because I performed a miraculous sign, but you were satisfied for a time. Jesus then gives them a warning. Do not work for the sustenance of this world. Do not look for the simple satisfaction of common bread that will mold and go back to the earth. Work for the everlasting satisfaction of eternal life. That eternal life, that bread of life, where does it come from? It comes out of Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. And in this gospel reading, the good news is that Jesus is that spiritual bread of life that comes from God and will provide all of our spiritual and eternal uh, needs. Um, The interesting thing for me, though, in this uh, gospel reading is that just like the manna from God in the desert for the Israelites, these 5,000 plus peoples are literally given a miracle meal and missed the meaning. Granted, we have retrospect, But if you were a good Jewish person, um, having gone to the synagogue or listened intently when you heard the stories from the Torah or your people passed down for thousands of years, you would have been privy to the past. And in fact, this was the main way that histories and stories were passed between many peoples of the ancient world was through a verbal retelling of the stories. So this is something that in theory, all majority of the people here should have known well. 
Um, aside from the Exodus and the manna for the Israelites, there were other examples. Um, consider this one, where God works through the prophet Elisha in 2 Kings um, chapter 4. A man came from Baal Shalishah, bringing food from the first fruits to the man of God, twenty loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, Give it to the people and let them eat. But the servant said, How can I set this before a hundred people? So he repeated, Give it to the people and let them eat, for thus says the Lord, and they shall eat and have some left. He said it before them, they ate and had some left according to the word of the Lord. This seems vaguely familiar to another bread uh, story. In this group of Israelite um, men, women, and children, there should have been those who could have seen this was a manna from heaven moment, um, or even related it back to this uh, moment with the prophet Elisha. But alas, they did not. So let's come back to the question from earlier. What is the manna in your life? Where is God providing somehow, something, someone in your life? Can you see it? I imagine for that 5,000 plus people, uh, peoples in uh, evident symbolism was kept from them in some level in this story, just as in other situations of the gospel where the spirit of God did not help facilitate a mental connection with Jesus and something uh, something else. Um, here the lesson was not evident. It had to be expressed or put into words by Jesus. Uh, in this situation with the Israelites, God was explicit what God was going to provide and why. The Israelites seemed to miss this and moved to asking, sorry, the Jewish um, men, women, children uh, in the Gospel of John seemed to miss this and move to asking Jesus for a, a sign. Starting in verse 30, they said, So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then so that we may see it and believe? What works are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, consider that they asked for this sign now, after Jesus fed them, as Elisha fed the people in 2 Kings, and as God provided for the Israelites in the wilderness after the Exodus, things very similar to what just happened to these folks in John. And, and they were able to ask for something similar to what had already happened to them. They did not see the connection at all. Uh, and this again seems to be human nature. Sometimes we don't understand unless it is explained to us, and other times when it is, we seem to have zoned out and missed what was said, or we want more proof to convince us on our terms. So what is the manna in your life? This is not uh, try to make you feel ridiculous or stupid or make you feel as if you're completely out of tune with God. This is purely to help you examine your life through a different lens. God provides continuously and we build up societal perception filters. And from that we can miss 
what would have been regularly considered divine or pro but providential interactions. Whether you believe for or have believed for a long time, for a little bit of time, or whether you have yet to decide whether you believe in God, I think it's a good practice for us to sit back and look and wonder what is the manna in our life? What is something that is being given to us? Something that is this amazing opportunity, this wonderful solution, this person that we maybe feel we don't deserve, whatever it may be, that is something that, in my opinion, is one of these manna from God moments, something that God provided to us, or, or helps facilitate this, this providential movement of love. And the good news beyond that is that Jesus is the bread of life, the manna from God to save us from our sins. And the good news is also that God loves you more than anyone can put into words. God will provide for you what it is you need to get through whatever it is in your life that you are going through. It's not always what we want. You know, I'm sure the Israelites would have been happy to have pots of meat just ready there to eat, but they were provided wild animals that nested in their camp and bread that fell like dew on the ground. It wasn't what they wanted, but it was what kept them alive. You know, that's the good news. So what, what, what is the thing in your life? You know, and can you see it? It's easy to read the Bible and clearly see what it is that was the providence of God in the time of the Israelites or the Jews in the Second Testament. Disciples or whomever always seems to be missing it. Um, I implore you to take a moment today, you know, over lunch, coffee, while you're driving, walking through your yard, whatever it may be. Consider what it is in your life that is God's loving and caring providence. I assure you, if you cannot see it, or it, um, or, or it doesn't seem to be clear what it is, that it is there. Again, God loves you and will always provide. But as we close this episode this uh, this week, keep that question in your mind: Can you see the manna in your life? Can you see what it is that God has provided for you? We are going to call it there for today. I appreciate y'all listening. And like always, I want to uh, want to hear what you think. Do you agree, disagree? Something different, something else from the scriptures that I shared that pops out to you? Something you'd love to hear me talk about in future episodes. Um, you can always reach out to me through email, ponderingtheologian at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can go over to Instagram, at ponderingtheologian, and interact with me there. I hope you're having a good day. Remember, God loves you, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I will see you in the next episode.